on today's episode. One of the tricks that really doesn't need um, you to kind of change um, anything, the layout or anything really, is actually to utilize your, your closet as your workspace. You're at home with Stacked. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of At Home with Stacked. Now, on today's show, we're transcending borders yet again, this time with New York-based architect, Mr. Adrian Emanuel. Now, Adrian's had his hands in designing the current Facebook headquarters, even going to the extent of designing a secret exit tunnel for Mark Zuckerberg himself. Now, he's also been involved in designing the new World Trade Center alongside the Pentagon, so the man's definitely got some experience under his belt. On today's podcast, I'm keen to find out how architecture and the interior of our homes can actually impact us on a deeper level and how we can perhaps tweak our modern day homes to get the most fulfillment out of them. Later on in the show, we hear firsthand from the man himself on his current mission to bring affordable architecture back to his people in Indonesia. In his words, this is the most fulfilling thing he has done to date. As always, if you guys like what you listen to, feel free to hop on to stackhomes.com slash editorial for more of us right after the show. Hey Adrian, welcome to the show, man. Hey Ruben, thank you so much for the introduction. Glad to be here. So thanks for being on. I know it's, um, was it early morning for you now? Was it like late night? In, uh, in I know it's US? actually around nine o'clock, so not too bad. Okay, perfect. We'll get this done by 10 p.m. You know, you can have a solid nap and uh, get ready for the next day. So I guess to, to start the podcast off, um, I would love to hear your view on what architecture actually means uh, in your opinion. Well, to me, initially, actually, what it meant to me, it's like, oh, you got a piece of land and build it up from ground up and there you go, you got a space, right? But um, but as I goes along with my career, um, so I've I got to design like um, um, several iconic buildings and so on. Uh, it started to get more meanings other than just space or buildings, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a form of statement for certain people. Uh, it's, um, for example, World Trade Center is kind of like a form of statement for the um, for New York for the U.S. in itself. Um, and I think uh, one of the one of the projects that I really like is actually um, this small projects in in Congo that actually mm-hmm. is a very small humbling uh, very humble project nothing fancy uh, but um, that is very impactful to uh, to me and also to the user because mm-hmm. it really changed the way that um, people live over there Okay, so on one end, it's like a statement, you know, it's kind of like a pride object. And on the other end, when you bring it on to the fundamentals, it's a lot about your living space, how to maximize um, your fulfillment in that sense. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, once I realized that, oh, um, you know, space has uh, so much more uh, meaning just than just space, right? Suddenly, yeah. um, people started to live uh, and behave um, differently. Um, they, uh, they uh, we can... We are able to kind of alleviate the living um, living quality, mm-hmm. um, sanitary uh, standards, um, and then hence uh, their health. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 quite uh, it's quite powerful and impactful actually. That's really nice, and I mean this transcends different levels. Like I mean, what you mentioned about sanitary—that's maybe in a, a third world country, right, where they might not have enough uh, hygiene or or water or even uh, clean air. Um, and then you bring it over to like first world countries like Singapore, for example, and uh, we live in this uh, shoebox unit. Uh, and then again, that living space impacts your daily life. You know, you maybe you feel a bit more repressed, um, less creative as a, as a result of just going home to this tiny house uh, every day. So, I mean, all these ideas, um, this is what architecturally, uh, architecture actually means. Um, and I mean, just on that note as well, when people talk about impactful architecture um what what is that um i mean you talk about you know the well-being uh the mood the way you feel maybe if you could share a little bit more um about this yeah actually um i think um especially with this um kind of work from home situation people spend more time at home and you started to begin to feel like yeah architecture is it is really impactful to like the psychology of the user the psychology mm-hmm. of the uh, people that live there they use the space you know especially if it's like um, a, a very compact you started to feel kind of stuffy if it's like a low ceiling you know you feel like kind of oppressed and then there's a reason also why you know if you kind of think about it um, office space tends to have like higher ceiling than um, than a residential because that is exactly like psychologically, uh, people work more productively with a higher ceiling, whereas um, people feels more secure, feels more safe with a lower residential kind of feeling. Wow! So I always knew that I felt a lot happier with uh, in places with higher ceilings. Like we go to these show flats all the time, and when I see like you know six meter high ceilings, I, I'm elated. <clears throat> but I never really understood why. Um, are there any other psychological? Um, implementations perhaps like differences nuances in architecture that really impacts um, your mental space yeah I think um, generally um, apart from the height of the ceiling the ratio mm. of the um, space also the width to the height uh, you know the width to the length also that really impacts the um, the kind of mood the kind of feeling that um, either the, the designer is trying to convey to the user and mm-hmm. also apart from that would be kind of the texture kind of the color also of the um of the of the space if it's like a very mm-hmm. sleek very pristine somehow we can relate to like apple store or something like very like right. sleek, modern go. technological mm-hmm. uh, something mm-hmm. that's very rough um uh, you started uh, maybe like a little bit dim um uh, you started to re- concrete floor maybe you started to relate to uh, maybe a uh, um uh, somewhat uh, some some place that's more natural maybe a resort um, resort space and so on right so so it's really important to like all these tiny bits kind of builds up towards like uh, the uh, the overall mood could you perhaps share a little bit more about some fundamentals of a good living space uh, I think fundamentals of a good living space is um, obviously uh, it answers to the the programmatic needs of the of the user um, and then on top of that, um, good exposure to daylight, uh, good um, cross ventilation, especially in in um, tropical areas, right? Uh, uh, as we talk, um, one of the thing that I think is really important is also the view. Um, uh, view to- towards the outside. I think distance between buildings is uh, to me is very important. 
And what's not crucial is actually um, the size, the area. I don't think I don't really? think um, the bigger the better, right? So I think okay. uh, from from past experience from projects um, that I've gone through, big doesn't mean better. Um, sometimes big is actually worse because as uh, as you have, for example, like living room, you have like very deep living room. So actually, you don't have enough kind of um, sun penetration in because the floor plate is just so deep. Right. Uh, hence, also cross ventilation. It's uh, it, it started to get problematic because the air uh, the airflow can't go through from one side to the other. I think it just kind of brings to mind like a landed house, right? Like you you see so many issues with landed houses where um, the interior it's big, but the interior is so dark because of a lack of windows uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true. I think um, I think landed house, especially uh, because uh, it's it's very it's very free to design right you don't have a certain restriction to like um structure of like um especially if you have like a very uh, very big of um land um, mm -hmm. so you really don't have those restriction but actually um the freedom of design sometimes uh, also becomes a, a double a double edged sword right right so you might want to be really mindful of like um every every move that you're doing every size mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. uh, that's being uh, for for every programs Definitely, well obviously yeah. uh, obviously mm -hmm. obviously some programs can't be too small so uh some programs can't be too big either right so so the key is really functionality right so things like sunlight coming in uh giving you helping you with that circadian rhythm you know uh, ventilation especially in tropical areas um even ventilation for your utility yard which is at the back you know sometimes that doesn't get enough sunlight your clothes take longer to dry especially in humid areas um and all this functionality over in a sense aesthetical um big areas um i mean it's interesting adrian that you brought up um bigger is not necessarily better um because i mean if you've been to singapore and i'm not sure if have you been in singapore by any chance yeah 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 of course so i mean you would know that all our buildings here um i mean they they go so high in the sky they're all skyscrapers um and you kind of get this notorious issue of shoebox units right so the older units used to be a lot more spacious but the newer condo units um the newer uh, bto uh, hdb flats they are so much smaller um and I've never really felt comfortable. I've always felt very, um, like it was very compact, very squeezed together. And so in these cases, if let's say I were to feel like a little bit compact uh, and I would still have to work from home, what are some ways we could tweak uh, these units to suit our living uh, needs? I think this is what's interesting about working from home, right? That kind of emerge, um, especially because of the, uh, the, uh, the current situation. Um, I guess there's like certain kind of psychological attachment of uh, people um, to workspace mm -hmm. and live space, right? So back in the, uh, back before uh, the working from home kind of situation, we go uh, we go to work and we go home. Uh, we feel like we're at home. We we we're at full relaxed mode, right? Mm -hmm. But right now we spend so much time. Well, uh, technically we spend so much time or more time at workspace um, in the in the daily basis which uh, right now becomes our living space too since we we're working from home and then people get like uh, certain kind of stuffy or like fatigue 
mm-hmm. uh, of mm-hmm. being in a space, right? So one of one of the trick that really doesn't need um, you to kind of change um, anything, the layout or anything really, is actually to utilize your your closet as your workspace, because. Um, uh, one thing that I find interesting with that is actually it really contains your kind of work environment mm-hmm. or space within the closet. So once you're done with uh, with work, you you close out that closet and you're back at home. You don't even see that kind of uh, desk or like work environment anymore, and then you you feel like kind of being more at home. So this kind of um, kind of physical separation, uh, I found it's really important and also. Um, really, uh, really, really necessary and really helpful, especially mm-hmm. during this uh, work from home kind of um, time. It feels a little bit like Narnia, to be honest. Opening <laughs> the wardrobe, go in working like okay, I'm done for the day, and you come back out. Um, but I mean, so does that mean? So when we talk about a closet, so I mean, obviously we're we're in different countries, so maybe uh, closets in the US are perhaps a little bit bigger. Um, did you mean converting the place where you? store your clothes into like a study area yeah um especially here in the u.s there it's very mm-hmm. common to have um integrated kind of closet uh wardrobe space uh mm-hmm. within the wall so it's like there's this um sliding doors um so you just um slide open um the closet and then mm-hmm. you can definitely fit in um uh, a quite decent space of um like a work desk Mm-hmm. And then obviously you need to obvi- uh, rearrange um, your wardrobe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe move it to the to the other side. Um, not sure if you if you have um, too much stuff already, right? <laughs> but I guess you need to reorganize a little bit. Um, so basically, what you need is to just have like uh, one half of it uh, to become like work, your work desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, put in like a um, yeah, just like shelves from ikea you know and then plop it in and mm-hmm. then you definitely have your either your screen or your mm-hmm. laptop work there and then yeah it's very simple uh it's very simple and also uh it's 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 a it's very compact also it, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really require like a whole dedicated room right to accommodate a new space, Just to kind of understand, so the chair is actually on the outside, right? So the desk is kind of inside. That's where you put your laptop on and perhaps you have a right, little bit of correct. light inside. But the chair is outside the, the closet. So mm-hmm. essentially, you would have to shift your chair around, uh, which shouldn't be an issue because it could be a rolling chair. And then once you're done with everything, you just maybe fold up the table, if it's a foldable table, close to the closet and you're done. Yeah, or if you have like a slightly deeper um, uh, closet, um, mm-hmm. your desk uh, don't need to go all the way to the to the edge of the closet, and then you mm-hmm. you, you can yeah, and you have uh, if your chair is like uh, thin enough, um, maybe not an office chair, um, so you can just slide it in, and then and then you close uh, close the closet, and it would fit in. Hmm. Very nice. Well, I mean, that's definitely an interesting concept because I think, especially in Singapore, um, we've we've seen a lot of the new launch condominiums. And to be honest, wardrobe space is one of the issues that a lot of people face because there's always limited, like you know, space to put your clothes in um, and all that stuff. So maybe this would work um, for some of the older units, but for some of the newer units, I think you definitely have to play around. Um, if storing clothes is already an issue, then maybe this might not be. Um, the best idea but I mean just on that note Adrian I mean if 
for example, I wanted to elevate the fulfillment um, of living at home. So, I mean, we've spoken about the psychology of uh, working in different spaces. You don't want to be working um, in a place that you're relaxing because then when you're relaxing, it feels like, you know, you, you can't really relax anymore because there's still a little bit of psychology you still stuck in work. But um, assuming that you're able to segregate this and put work somewhere else and, and contentment somewhere else, for the contentment aspect, how can you elevate the fulfillment um, of a home's interior? What are some things you can put in? I think one thing, especially in the context of um, like a more compact um, Singapore um, condominium unit, right? I think mm-hmm. um, organic, uh, really a storage space or kind of organizational system is really important, to, especially for me, because I just feels like uh, when you have like a lot of clutter, uh, it just feels like um, my life is kind of falling apart, you know. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. if I want to get these things back, uh, get my life back together, I, just, mm-hmm. I really need to kind of clean up um, all the clutters and everything, make sure everything is kind of like well in place. Or even if you, you know, um, I think a lot of storage space uh, is really, really important just to hide all um, all the clutter from your uh, vision, like build a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really kind of... Um, psychologically um it it feels like you have like a sense of relief just by seeing less things okay um apart from that other other things maybe like uh plants maybe to pop in some greenery or maybe curve lighting you know anything like that that you feel uh, an interior of a home uh, should have so it's it's interesting right so we want to make it uh especially for a smaller space we want to make it as clean as possible uh-huh. And then, uh, and then after that, let's bring in kind of some nature. So I, I do definitely agree. <laughs> like plants is plant is it is really important. Um, so, so before you feel stuffy with all this clutter, right? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. once you yeah. clean it out, uh, you feel uh, okay. Now it's very clean. Uh, it's uh, it's very Come pleased to, uh, it again. <laughs> to, to see. <laughs> um, uh, and after that, you feel a bit sterile, right? I guess that's mm-hmm, the word. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And yeah. then, yeah, I, I do agree that plant is really important um, because it just uh, it just makes you feel more kind of connected to nature a little bit, right? So it, there's a sense of kind of. Uh, refreshing uh it's a sense of kind of uh relax so that it adds up to that actually i mean um obviously there's a balance also uh, that i like um some people would really go full with uh, with a lot of plants like uh, jungle mm-hmm. so uh, um that might be a bit tough for me especially in a in a smaller space um in the context of singapore and then certain if you if you have like a lot of plants i think some plants would need like certain humidity also so that would affect a much to the living condition because mm-hmm. uh you need to kind of accommodate the living condition of the plants also because uh suddenly the plant is the majority of the living mm-hmm. being Absolutely. in the space yeah. yeah so so yeah you need you, you might want to keep a good balance also between like plants and, and and got it okay and i mean so i guess perhaps the last question on this um for let's say new homeowners coming in right so they've got they've gotten their flat it's a blank slate white walls white floor um 
obviously the the entire construction process um the contracting process that's going to take some time but what are some key things to look out for um, before you start your renovation for a new unit i think one of the key is really to understand what kind of lifestyle that you that you want right so i mean certain people would go towards like oh, they have like a lot of collection of um gundam star wars legos you know um, <laughs> Sounds like, like other stuff um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um and also like uh, people that lives minimally um they don't have that mm. much stuff that would be kind of um, the, on the easier end right so i guess once you understand like uh, the kind of stuff, uh, the kind of um, living um, um, style that they have, then you started to, okay, before I do anything, before I even buy like uh, furniture and stuff, uh, so you, for example, um, if one is really like uh, on a sneaker, um, collect sneakers or like um, they really need on like a bigger wardrobe and so on, so then you might want to focus on uh, okay, how do we how do we organize um, those um, stuff first, and then and then once we figure out um, that um, kind of requirements, then we'll go towards like okay, then uh, what would be the kind of leftover space that we have, right? Uh, let's say like oh, apparently we don't have that much space on uh, this kind of uh, bulky couch, for example. Maybe we can have like a futon for like an extra bed for guests or something, um, rather than like a like a big um, a fixed um, a couch instead, right? So so sometimes people would go, we'd get too excited on like decorating uh, with with the furniture pieces uh, instead, mm -hmm. and then they kind of forget to like okay, well I have like a bunch of kind of Legos right now. Okay, where should I put it, right? So beforehand, um, because um, because if you are aware of that, and then you can kind of maybe have like this one feature wall that would feature all the collections, so mm -hmm. that would be actual that would be integrated perhaps with. Uh, like um, like a TV cabinet or, or maybe it goes all the way to like um, uh, pantry kitchen or whatnot right so um, if, if you understand so you can kind of plan ahead and then kind of integrate it with the with the furniture design and so on mm -hmm. and then suddenly understand okay what would be the kind of leftover um, right. um, space that you can play out right okay so I mean if I if I'm seeing a pattern here it's more of understanding um, your lifestyle firstly and then getting the functional aspect of it down first um, and then layering it with aesthetics. So it's kind of understanding lifestyle, um, function and aesthetics, not aesthetics first followed by functional use because then yeah. it, it, it all gets uh, into chaos. And Okay. Yeah. Cool. So generally, um, mm. the shopping list would be the last, you know. Shopping list <laughs> because, would be the last, um, yeah. That's a good one. Exactly. Shopping list of furniture would be the last. Mm. Very nice. And I mean, furniture can sometimes help with storage as well, right? Like you see all this um, uh, sofas with like storage underneath or like a double, like a, a bed slash sofa, that kind of stuff. Yeah. For, yeah. For example, if we're going towards that route, right, then instead of buying um, uh, like a ready-made uh, 
sofa, mm-hmm. then you are like, oh yeah, you need you understand you identify that you would need like an extra storage maybe uh, below the sofa, mm-hmm. then you we might want to have that line item becomes um, like a custom millwork piece instead. Right? right. Okay. Okay. And I mean, just on that note as well, um, what do you think are some good storage um, saving options in terms of furniture, like maybe the dual use furniture that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think dual use furniture. I, I'm a very big proponent of like a dual use uh, furniture. Um, mm-hmm. There's this um, dual um, height um, coffee um, table, for example, that can okay. be converted to um, to a dining table height or like a bar height. Mm-hmm. So that is very useful. So um, one piece that I have right now, um, so this kind of IKEA stool. Um, that is actually a stool uh, mm-hmm. is actually designed to be a stool but then if you have a pair of it you can um, uh, have it together and then um, make it as a coffee table and then when uh, extra guest kind of comes in and then you just convert that into um, uh, for people to sit right so right. dual use is really I, I think dual use uh, being smart with the mm-hmm. With the space that you have and then you started to be more strategic on like oh what are the furniture piece that i should get because of uh your your space is precise uh very precious right mm-hmm. exactly yeah i mean th- these are really great tips uh, for listeners because obviously most of us live in uh, much smaller units uh, compact apartments sometimes um but yeah i mean thank you agent for this uh I guess if we were to perhaps move on uh, to your project, and this is kind of like the, the fun bit, the part that you're all passionate about. Um, and so you've worked in so many projects. I mean, you you worked with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, you designed that escape for him at the Facebook headquarters, uh, which I, I guess we shouldn't talk too much about. Um, <laughs> and we've, I mean, you, you've helped with the World Trade Center as well, alongside the Pentagon. Um, you've done all these incredible things. Um, but just the other day when we were talking for the first time, you said that this current project was the most fulfilling. Um, and it was essentially bringing affordable architecture um, back home to Indonesia. Yeah, I, I guess a little bit of background. Um, so I'm actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a registered architect in New York, but I'm currently okay. in, based in San Francisco. Um, um, but currently spearheading this kind of initiatives of uh, we call ourselves trope. Um, so what we're doing is actually a design and build um, of like um, custom homes in Indonesia predominantly. Um, and then what we're kind of looking into the market, especially in Indonesia, is for a low to mid um, range um, market, especially mm-hmm. for young professionals that are looking into like getting or building their kind of first homes so Mm -hmm. they don't quite have an extra um extra budget to hire an architect sure so so we're we're technically not an architecture firm so we design and uh we design and build so we Mm -hmm. so we're like just one uh point of contact for them so hey uh we'll we'll build you uh, we'll build you homes and we'll design it um the design would be embedded to it also so why why do we do that 
the reason is um, because uh, before people that don't have uh, budget to hire an architect they would go to builders right away and um, and then the builders uh, would build in the uh, in the interest of um, build just deliver um, as cheap as possible to mm-hmm. uh, to maximize their profit mm. as much as possible and then through that because especially in Indonesia we don't have a certain regulation that uh, regulate uh, window to wall ratio, um, exposure to light, um, um, exposure, um, cross ventilation, and so on. So what what you would get is actually um, somewhat less desirable, uh, less ideal space to live. That might, in the long run, mm. would be like if you if you don't have um, enough ventilation and so on. That um, it, the the space in itself would be kind of damp mold would uh, would grow and then it would start to affect your uh the the health of the user that lives mm-hmm. there so so in in a sense um the mission of probe is actually to liberate architecture to the masses right so mm-hmm. i feel like um people that don't have um the the luxury to hire an architect should at least be able to um, to have this kind of uh, ideal space mm-hmm, to live mm-hmm. or like to to grow their young family right and and you know I, I really feels like um, education is key here right I mean you you talk about how a lot of these um, your target audience are young couples who come in with perhaps a lower budget maybe a child on the way um, and as a result, they have all these homes with perhaps poor ventilation, and this could be mitigated if they perhaps had education prior. Um, but that's not a priority, I guess, for, for these target audiences at that point. The point is all about surviving, um, getting a job, you know, get, getting money in. Um, and so to me, it really feels like the key is education. And I mean, huge props to you. I mean, if, if you're, you're going to be working with this, I'm sure that the word will get out. Um, pe- a lot more people, I think that the more impactful thing would be people hearing about your work and understanding um, that, hey, you know, it's not just about building a house, but it's building a house properly, getting it um, um, to fit you in, in your lifestyle years down the road to mitigate health issues and all that stuff. So um, massive respect there. But out of curiosity, how did this idea come out? What, what, what was your inspiration behind it? Yeah, I think one of the inspiration is somewhat uh, when I was working in this, uh, in the Netherlands. So I was working okay. for uh, somewhat a very prestigious uh, firm. Um, so, and uh, well, to kind of give a background, they have like an exclusive partnership with Prada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're, and they're doing like a lot of, uh, they were doing Facebook campus. So it was like a lot of kind of prestigious projects. So, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, um, I was working, I was told to work for this um, project in Congo. I was like, oh, wait, oh, wow. what is it? It's um, a huge change. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, uh, wait, I was just working for, uh, for <laughs> Facebook before. I was just at Facebook, why are you sending me to Congo? Did I mess up that badly? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, what's interesting is actually, um, um, because I'm from Indonesia, they, they, uh, sure. um, the, um, they don't, uh, the Dutch, they don't really um they're they're used to working for like high um, tech uh big budgets and so on so mm-hmm. i was told to let to work on oh this is would be like uh you're, you're good with uh projects with restricted uh resources so go ahead and work on it um mm-hmm. so this project is really about um 
to um, somewhat um, generate sustainable income for this um, collective uh, young artists um, in in Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do um, they so they do like this um, African um, sculptures, but what's ha- what happened is actually they kind of don't want to continue doing the art anymore because it's really hard to get um, reliable kind of financial benefit from it. So what they do is they started to work at uh, plantation instead. So what's happening is we're on the verge of. Um, the extinction of this kind of type of art. So, so what we do is, um, okay, how, okay, how do we, how do we bring, how, how do we give them kind of like the incentive to keep continue doing the art, right? So, what we do is actually to instead of people um, going to museum viewing the art and so on. So let's inverse. Uh, let get people fly um, to their place mm-hmm. and then to learn about the kind of context of how they live and so on and then learn about how then the the kind of reasoning on how they how and what the what are the meanings of behind the art in itself right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we do like uh, we bring in people uh, so we have like an art conference every 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 now and then so because we bring in people from from outside from abroad so people needs to live somewhere mm-hmm. so we renovated the um, the the villagers um, house so they can Airbnb it to the guest mm-hmm. um, so that is that would be kind of one um, uh, revenue stream for them for to get like a direct uh, monetary benefit mm-hmm. um, while they're while they're living there while the guests are living there um, they need food. They can sell. Uh, so villagers can sell food to the to the guest. Mm-hmm. That's another uh, revenue stream. Um, and then they can also provide a workshop workshop um, classes about like um, sculpturing and so on. So that would be another one. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, uh, we need to also provide the guests uh, certain um, sanitary standards for bathrooms. Um, but because of that, also uh, in the event of uh, no um, no art workshop and so on, um, so the villagers can actually use the bathroom also, right? So, right. so it actually alleviates their kind of sanitary standards, um, and in and in itself, um, their living condition is uh, is better because we renovated their house. Um, they we we give them um, mm-hmm. a bathroom that's kind of up to mm-hmm. um, international standards. Uh, we they have also like a, a sustainable stream of income through through the guests and so on. Mm-hmm. We also built them a museum, not for the guests but also for the artists. Uh, right. A museum where we bring in um, um, uh, art uh, art pieces from from abroad. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the kind of luxury to kind of travel around, see, uh, uh, visit like museums in London and New York and whatnot. Um, so it, uh, we give them the, uh, we have this museum to actually, for them to, as an opportunity to broaden their knowledge about art. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, so what's interesting for me is this kind of small and somewhat humbling uh, humble project is really uh, real impactful um, not to me as um, not to not to me only as an architect mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also to obviously to the people right um, to the people that it really alleviates the condition and so on so mm -hmm. I was um, so it kind of get um, I kind of get reminded as an architect so uh, it's really not about size it's uh, even uh, a project as small as this one uh, even the project with a super low budget as this one mm -hmm. really can be really impactful to to the people so that's how I um, I realized and then oh I, I think I can do this to Indonesia because I I found this problem that's kind of happening, keep mm -hmm. happening in Indonesia. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm just just if I got you right, I'm gonna try and sum up what you said uh, with the the African the Congo project. So essentially, um, the workers they were working, uh, they were they were sculpting, right? So it was a way of life. But because of revenue streams, they had to go to plantations. So it was at danger of um, eroding this um, this cultural. Um, uh, beauty that they had. So what you guys did was, um, you you flew in. You got tourism in, which essentially increased revenue streams. Um, it allowed them to preserve this cultural heritage, um, and at the same time, you were able to use it to to increase the livelihood uh, of the people there to educate them on on things like art, like sanitary. Uh, essentially, just changed the entire ecosystem. Correct. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's really about the people, right? Mm. It's really about the impact to the people. Incredible. And, and I guess now you're hoping to bring that uh, back to Indonesia. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're working on that. And then hopefully it's getting, uh, it's getting more and more projects so we can, we can reach more and more people also. Right. I mean, I don't mean to be a wet blanket, but obviously, I mean, this is, uh, you mentioned earlier, you had... Um, I mean, this is a low, low to medium budget project. You know, you have to uh, source for a lot of innovation because of the limitations. So, I assume that there are a couple of challenges uh, with these projects. Maybe if you could um, share with us a little bit more about these main um, issues that you face. Yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty pretty interesting. So you uh, as in the architecture point of view, you really need to go kind of go above and beyond on certain things. For example. So there's this one project uh, where we have this existing building. Um, so in order to save money, we need to actually salvage the the roof tile, and oh, wow. also work uh, with uh, and also salvage the the uh, the wooden uh, window frame and door frame. So mm -hmm. we need to work within the dimension of the wooden frame of the window frame, uh, to to design the new uh, a new. Uh, building that's kind of totally different than wow. uh, than before so uh, we really need to adjust our design or uh, base off of that so it's kind of pretty interesting mm -hmm. uh, and also for so we they don't have enough kind of budget for landscape so what okay. we do yeah. is like okay we need to build around the existing trees Mm -hmm. So then, uh, and, and so sorry, then they still we're, have we're trees. Talking about, we're talking about landed houses here, right? Like landed homes. This is we're talking so about land. landed houses, correct? Okay, okay, correct. Yeah. Uh, so we need, so we need to kind of work around with that also. So, 
um, it's it's in a way it's a way of sustainability also we salvage a lot of stuff mm. but um, at the same time we uh, we cost a lot of uh, we, we save a lot of costs because of that so yeah it, it's a pretty uh, it's uh, pretty interesting uh, pretty pretty hard uh, at the very beginning in the design phase but I think it's it's under construction right now it's very rewarding because we we somewhat make it work Right, it's all these very macro aspects that you probably wouldn't see in most commercial like budgets. You know, where you just talk about bringing materials, designing it to, um, to your identity. This is more of like this little things, like the tiles, and I mean, it's it's kind of cute, but it's uh, man, it's um, again, hats off to to you guys for doing this. Um, was there any issue, uh, perhaps with you not actually being there? Because now, obviously, you're in San Francisco now. Um. And you are handling all these projects over in Indonesia. Does the lack of you being around actually um, serve as an issue? Actually, I thought initially it would be an issue, but uh, mm-hmm. apparently, um, so our kind of construction team is actually in Jakarta, uh, in Indonesia right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would be the one that kind of oversee on the day to day basis on the construction side and so on. Um, uh, in terms of um, in terms of side uh, looking at the site and the contacts I initially visited uh, the site um, mm-hmm. uh, um, to Indonesia okay so I was, I was pretty sure, uh, so all these um, several projects um, that are actually being done especially because of COVID being done remotely uh, is surprisingly uh, um, working pretty well because uh, I think one of the key is because we have um, somebody on site mm. actually to oversee. But the design portion of it, it doesn't necessarily need to be um, to be there. So all the design portion is being done in, uh, in the U.S. Okay. Uh, from the team in San Francisco and New York. And we just uh, we just collaborate through um, through um, through Zoom conference call and so on. If there's any problem and so on, it uh, yeah we can collaborate through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- and I think we because we're all in on BIM, um, mm-hmm. so not in AutoCAD anymore. So um, I th- we just share the three D models and then we just go kind of go back and forth. So that really helps actually. Mm. Okay, so having technology, that's the, the biggest bonus. And obviously having reliable uh, people that you can trust with the construction work on ground because that's something you can't um, necessarily feel and touch, right? Um, so I think having that level of trust is incredibly important as well. Correct. Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, it's a team effort. Very nice, yeah. Um, I, I mean, just to kind of zoom out of the entire thing, uh, do you have any long-term goals for this project? Do you perhaps see it expanding to other countries um other cities you know that, that that sort of thing yeah i think long-term goals um so we've been talking about like custom homes right so long-term goals i think uh what we're uh, really uh doing is to liberate f- um, architecture further uh so what we're currently doing is actually to develop this kind of modular homes um modular homes and also it's actually on wheels so it's mobile too uh, mm-hmm. so one of the problem with Indonesia that's uh, people don't really talk about is actually earthquake mm-hmm. and then the problem with um, uh, single-family homes they don't really take into account that uh, scenario pretty seriously 
um, so so the modular homes on wheels would take account into that because it's on wheels so it's not connected to any foundation whatsoever mm-hmm. at the same time also it um, it we really want to liberate it further to um, rural areas so rural areas in Indonesia they are uh, Indonesia is an archipelago so um, some uh, uh, rural areas in like kind of smaller more isolated islands um, they sometimes have a hard time to get like building um, uh, building materials on and also labor would be kind of the problem so what we're trying to do is actually to have the uh, to get them access to a well-built um, space so through having this being mobile so we would actually uh, manufacture it off-site and then we'll just um, deliver it by boats oh, wow. and then on top of uh, on top of that this modular homes is actually a kind of growing homes Mm-hmm. So let's say you're um, um, you're a young family, you're a couple. Um, so you just buy this one module for um, for you and your couple, and then as you grow, maybe you're, you're planning to have like one kids and so on. Um, you can get another uh, module as an attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be uh, so that would be like an additional bedroom, for example. Right. So as a young family that's kind of growing, you don't uh, let's let's say you plan to have three kids, four kids, um, you don't have to afford uh, the 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 space um, that would be required for those uh, in uh, at the very beginning. As you're mm-hmm. like a growing a young family, uh, so you might have difficulties in order to provide uh, the uh, the financial um, right. Uh, burden to uh, of course also mm-hmm. so so uh, as you grow uh, the the house kind of grows also mm-hmm. um, so that's uh, that's also one of the uh, one of the um, long-term goals for mm-hmm. for for this very nice uh, and liberating architecture to the masses <laughs> oh yeah that's that's a good one liberating architecture to the masses there, there we go that's that's the title of this podcast um, <laughs> I actually, I think just to maybe share a little bit more about modular housing, maybe we didn't get this um, clarified at the beginning. I think not many people uh, in Singapore might know what modular housing is. So essentially, it's uh, pre-built homes, um, which are then brought to the site and then just kind of opened up, um, set up uh, with minimal uh, construction whatsoever, right? Yeah, very minimal construction. So in fact, it's actually, it's very... Uh, so what we see also not only homes but also for kind of um, a resort uh, or like a hospitality industry mm-hmm. um, so it's it can be actually deployed really easily in um, you know beautiful spots you know with the sunset and everything you just if uh, oh, you wow. can just kind of uh, rotate it and mm. <laughs> free easily and then really uh, <laughs> really direct it to the view right and then at the same time, there's no there's no construction, there's no foundation, so you're not destroying um, the site in itself. So it's actually a, a good way to to expose um, the areas uh, without destroying. So what we're trying we're trying to promote is actually we see um, an opportunity in um, uh, sustainable tourism also. Mm. Very nice. Well, I mean, obviously, there's so many pros and cons into that, but we won't go to that today. Um, 
Uh, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. I guess before we kind of let you go, um, your project is something that's incredible. And so for our listeners who maybe want to check out a little bit more of that project or even to, to find out more about yourself, uh, where can they go to? Yeah, they can go to um, Instagram. Um, can go to myself at um, Adrian underscore Emmanuel mm-hmm. with one M. One M, okay. Or, <laughs> with an M. Um, or uh, to Instagram also at uh, trope.us. Okay, and so how do you spell trope? T-R-O-P-E. Ah, T-R-O-P. Got it. Well, that's perfect. Thank you so much again, Adrian, uh, for joining us today. And uh, hopefully I get to see you sometime soon in New York (laughs) or San Francisco. Or San Francisco, of course. Uh, Thank you, Ruben. Once again, that was Adrian Emanuel, a New York registered architect currently living in California. Um, And of course, he's had so much experience under his belt. Uh, We wish him all the very best as he brings affordable architecture and a design and build scenario back to his hometown in Indonesia. Well, if you guys enjoyed what you've just listened to, uh, feel free to hop on to stacktomes.com slash editorial for more of us. And if you have any comments, queries, or suggestions, drop us an email at hello at stacktomes.com. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll see you guys in the next podcast.